0: Hi, my name is Jenny June Kishba, and I'm a nurse on a mission to help prepare first-time expectant moms for the fourth trimester. Grab your cup of coffee and listen to stories shared by moms like you about their own postpartum experience on Instagram Live each week, with just the right balance of encouragement and truth. Hey there my friends and welcome back to another episode of Postpartum Coffee Date. This week I am bringing you an extra special guest. My very own sister Liz was here visiting from Maine with my brother-in-law and my nephews and part of their visit was spent with Liz and I sitting on my couch together talking through her postpartum experiences, which was so fun to reflect on. She shared about some of the challenges with her first postpartum experience, being afraid to leave the house. Um, and then her second postpartum experience was during COVID with all the restrictions and the challenges that that brought. So you'll want to listen in and hear about her tips and tricks that she has, as well as her encouragement and support that she shares. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my sister Liz.
1: My two postpartum experiences, as most moms are, were very different. Um, I had Asher in 2017 um, and postpartum period was full of emotions and anxiety. Um, Good emotions. Uh, I'm not one that's really easy to get teared up about things and I remember on the ride home from the hospital with Asher, I cried about every single thing. I cried about the pine trees. I cried about him seeing the sunshine for the first time. I cried about us driving by the place they had go get ice cream just like everything felt huge Mm -hmm. um and i remember you saying that after you had Mm -hmm. your oldest Mm -hmm. um i even remember with him um just like getting him out of just the swaddles and no clothes in the hospital was a really big deal and like having to put him in clothes it like already felt like just getting him in a onesie and not just in the diaper and swaddles was a big deal and an emotional deal. So that was my oldest. Um,
0: Except I have to
1: add, because
0: I did know you, you also were surprisingly, I don't know, like I remember being amazed that you were like cooking. Because mm. I came at, how old was
1: he? He was two weeks. Okay 15. so at
0: two weeks postpartum I feel like I was crying on the couch and Liz was up making meals for me <laughs> and cleaning her house.
1: I think that was a coping. I think that was a coping skill. Um, I'm someone that, like when I'm stressed out, I'm scrubbing the house at 10 o'clock at night. Okay. So, um, so I think that was a coping thing just because I remember our life did not feel normal mm-hmm. after he was born. And I think just for me to like keep things feeling somewhat normal and help me feel grounded, like me doing things like making food and being productive yeah. was helpful for me. Okay. But I wasn't like out. I wasn't outgoing. I think um, one thing I found is I got a little agoraphobic. With number Even one. Even Okay. Yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. Cause you and are, do we use their names? You can. Okay. Except that's parents' decision. Sure. Okay. So. um, With Asher, um, I definitely was agoraphobic. I was home, um, my husband had a week off, and then it was me with visitors coming like every now and then, but for the most part it was me by myself in the house for eight weeks with him. And I would go out to the grocery store, but I remember getting like really anxious, kind of dread of thinking about having to go back to work. But in that, then like when I was in the house, I just wanted to be in the house and I wanted to like super, productive mode with mm-hmm. making lactation cookies and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all these crazy things. But again, it was a coping skill. So yeah, so I went back to work and I remember just sobbing. I remember just being on the porch, just sobbing as every single day went by because I was getting closer and closer to going back to work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Really anxious about that and just dreading it. Um, so I went on Zoloft. I went and saw my midwives um, and they put me on Zoloft and that helped um and then just going back to work helped so just like making that leap Mm -hmm. and like getting back into the routine it was like okay this isn't that bad and like the best thing in the world was going home at the end of the day to him Mm -hmm. and it helped to be pumping during the day so like i would get these breaks every couple hours Mm -hmm. to go pump and i could look at pictures of him and i could think about him and um and it also helped when i went back to work because you sent me tea. I think it was like a little box, and it was covered with pictures of Asher. Um, and it was waiting for me on my desk when I, back to, when I went back to work. Yeah. So that really helped.
0: I think that was, for those who are interested, I think that's called Greetable, maybe? I think so. It's a company. I'm hoping that's still a yeah. thing. Greetable, I think. But I mean, you can probably Google. There's probably a million other companies now. But yeah, it was this little
1: box that yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was really nice. Well, Thanks for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, So that was postpartum with Asher, um, just to kind of sum it up. And then Ewan was very different. So Mm -hmm. we found out that we were pregnant with Ewan on March 23rd, 2020. Yes. So we got pregnant with him before we had heard about this thing called coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Um, but then didn't find out that I was actually pregnant until like the day after I went for our big stock up at the grocery store because we thought that we weren't going to get any food.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then he was born in November of 2020. So things were really intense. I was in quarantine for my first trimester with Asher, who was two and a half. Hmm. And then um, things lightened up that summer. And then two weeks before my due date, my job called me. I was working very part-time during the pandemic. Um, they called me and said that like everything was shutting down because numbers were back up. So when Ewan was born, nobody was vaccinated and numbers were going back through the roof. So we were basically in lockdown again. Um, So yeah, so no one was able to come to the hospital Mm -hmm. um, and no one was allowed to come visit us until they'd either been able to quarantine for 12 days.
0: Oh, that's right. um,
1: Mm -hmm. Or then you were Mom quarantined for like twelve days to be able to come and then you came because you were the first person to be vaccinated and you had had COVID too. Mm-hmm. So Deborah you were saying like there's no way mm-hmm. that you could have it. So she came on the plane with her N ninety five mask being a nurse. Yeah, I think that was Yeah, and we couldn't even really get N ninety five masks, but you right. had one. Yep. Um, yeah, and you had glasses and you came like all bundled up mm-hmm. and Yeah, you came when he was three months old. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. had to wait that long. So my postpartum period with UN was very different because I was in quarantine for 12 weeks with a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a newborn and nobody else. And no one could come help except, you know, you did and Mom did. Right. But, but like, you know, just not little short periods of time. And there was just so much fear Mm -hmm. because, like, I remember... um, like mom brought a meal or like people would bring meals over um or like leave groceries at our step and like would have to wipe everything down and like you know mm-hmm. it's just she was in the height of it all it was just so scary mm-hmm. um and then with you and too, to was in the NICU for a while because he had jaundice so mm-hmm. um I don't think we have time to go into the whole story of you yeah. no I know I UN was being gonna, born yeah but, he had that um,
0: complication too, though.
1: Yeah. 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 His bilirubin levels skyrocketed, and so he was brought down to Portland Hospital in an ambulance mm-hmm. um, and then was kept in the NICU for a week, um,
0: which was really hard. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that is a whole different start to it on top of all the other stressors that you had. Right. Like, if you think about just having before. Outside of the court, like COVID and quarantine, just thinking about moms who experienced fear around germs and like just like the common cold and the flu. And then for all these moms who have this extra level of fear around it with all the unknowns of those early COVID times. And I just always think of all you moms who were first-time moms during COVID who had zero, mm-hmm. like really zero support, zero resources in the community that you could connect with unless it was like a virtual thing that you happened to get connected to. And then second time moms with COVID who also are quarantined with a toddler at home, like that's just a whole other
1: level of um, stress and overwhelm. So yeah, I would say that in that time, though, I was definitely thinking like I cannot even imagine being a first time mom. Yes. During this time. So for those first time COVID moms, you are amazing. Yes. It's something we will never forget. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was you yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And while we're on
0: the topic of just the differences with COVID, Liz and I were talking about this yesterday. I just wanted to make sure she mentioned it for podcast listeners, um, what your nurses had
1: said to you about yes. not having postpartum. Yes. So, so thinking of that postpartum time too. So Asher, we had, he was born at like 1130 at night. And then by that next morning, my mom and her husband came, and then my in-laws came, and then my dad came, and my uncle came, and my cousin came, and we just had this, like, room full of family, which in so many ways was so wonderful because it was so special, and everybody was there, and Asher was brand new, and it was just, it was a really nice day. Um, but they, you know, everyone stayed all day, and then by 7.30, I hadn't really held my baby all day, and I had this, like intense feeling of like I need my baby mm-hmm. um and then like some of my husband's co-workers wanted to come see mm-hmm. us because he works at the hospital that Asher was born at and um you know we just had a lot of visitors and then I just didn't rest I didn't sleep and I crashed with Ewan um I actually felt really good and a few things that changed were that I knew that I have postpartum anxiety um and that like the crash in my hormones can cause a lot of kind of panic feelings in mm-hmm. me. Um, so I talked to my midwife about it beforehand and I can't remember what medication she prescribed but she gave me an anti-anxiety medication to take. Um, I had a lot of anxiety about labor um, the second time around because Asher had been like a crazy fast labor and ended up being unmedicated water birth which was amazing. But also was a lot and i was like i cannot do this again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i had that anti-anxiety medication would help which helped um but then we didn't have any visitors so i was able to sleep and i had mentioned to my midwife and some of the nurses coming in that i was feeling pretty good and they said that something that they noticed was that a lot of the moms weren't crashing as hard because there were no visitors so moms were um getting that bonding time, they were getting that rest time, that downtime, and then breastfeeding was going better too because they actually got time to practice and sleep. So that was really interesting.
0: And as a post like from as a postpartum nurse from having worked that, I there was always a huge difference in my moms who had multiple visitors versus those who maybe had like a couple or like very well spaced out Just because those early postpartum hours are so crucial in your bonding and also just like starting to pick up on each other's cues like getting the baby to like getting the baby to be fed and like learning what that looks like and yeah having the extra support at the hospital so if you're not utilizing that resource at the hospital and just having all these people come and hold the baby hold the baby hold the baby then you go home and you're like wait a minute what like i didn't even got this education that i needed or like hands-on support that i could have had so not the visitors i'm not saying you can't have visitors because like was said that like it is this precious memory right front with her first but there is something to kind of think about with maybe limited limited visitors which at this point in our area there are still limitations on how many people can come visit anyway so that's been beneficial still for moms but um yeah, as we move forward and if if restrictions get lifted, just be considering that.
1: Yeah, and there are definitely things that I kind of am sad about with Ewan's birth because, like, Asher wasn't able to come meet him in the hospital. Yeah. There weren't any of, like, the older sibling classes. And then, um, you know, a lot of our family didn't get to meet him until he was, like, six months old, you know, in person and hold him. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, yeah. that's sad. That's yeah. really sad. So mm-hmm. um, there's pros and cons to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's important to remember that you should rest. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you don't realize it in the moment because you're running on adrenaline. Mm-hmm.
0: And you're just like,
1: yeah, you won't. I wait. felt great that next day. I yeah. had so much energy. I was like, yeah. this is no problem. I feel so good. And then that second day, it was just like, Whoa. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> after Asher. Yes. Yeah.
0: Right. And that second night is a, like research-based, a very challenging night. Mm-hmm because the baby kind of wakes up from this deep sleep. Like they kind of, they're born and they're like, whoa, that was exhausting. And then they kind of go into this sleep and parents are like, oh my gosh, I have the perfect baby. They're already sleeping, (laughs) we're having no issues. And then it's that second night and all your baby wants to do is feed, 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 Mm -hmm. feed, feed and be with you because they kind of wake up and they're like, I'm in this cold plastic um, bassinet in the hospital. There are these bright flashing lights. I don't feel my mom's warmth. I don't hear her heartbeat. What's going on? So they cry and they just wanna be with mom and they just wanna be feeding, feeding, feeding. So then mom's think, oh my gosh, I have no milk. There's something wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, what's happening. And really the baby is actually stimulating the prolactin receptors to help make and bring your milk in. start bringing that milk supply in and it also just kind of helps calm them and helps with their attachment so if you can tuck that in the back of your mind that second night is li- likely going to be rough maybe you'll feel great the first day like this but then that second day comes like what happened yeah you're that is normal that is common and it's actually all a part of the process to help with your milk supply and everything if you're going to be breastfeeding um so just wanted to put that in there you are not alone if that second night is rough it didn't I didn't feel great for long. Right. It's like this, yeah. These but few then it got labs. good again.
1: Then it got good again because it does. Yes.
0: You know, Up and down and all around. That's <laughs> postpartum. That is postpartum. And if you're, if you end up experiencing that or if you're currently experiencing that, that's yeah, all normal. So. Okay, so what, what, I mean, you've kind of talked about this with your answers, but what do you feel like was the most challenging? And you can pick either of your postpartums. What stands out to you as the hardest thing?
1: Um, I would say something that was, well, what was easier with Ewan because I knew it. But what was hard with Asher is, like, I didn't know how long everything would go on for. Mm -hmm. So, like, I didn't know how long my nipples would be on fire for from breastfeeding. I didn't know how long our life would feel not normal. Like I didn't know how long the like intense emotions would go on for. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know how long the hormone crashes. And that was the hardest with Asher is that I just, it didn't feel normal to me. I had no sort of like understanding Um, It felt, it didn't feel normal and then at the same time like I had never loved anything more in my life than Mm -hmm. I loved Asher. Like I was so crazy about him Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's just so many things to worry about like the hair on the toe. Like your the hair The babies. <laughs> I yeah, the baby No, not my toes. No. <laughs> the babies. No, if hair gets wrapped around baby's toe, or like I had these cute little socks on him and you were like, Well don't forget to take the socks off because a little string might get tied around his toe and babies lose <laughs> Sorry. their toes. And I'm like, What? And then if you have a little boy, it can get caught around their penis. Yeah, right. So just like checking.
0: Let like, me just explain this. If my mom <laughs> is like, what are they talking about?
1: So there is, so
0: you can get a piece of, like your mom's long hair or partner's got long hair wrapped around the baby's toe, like especially our winter babies because you're putting socks on them. Yeah. If that hair can like basically become a little tourniquet and wrap around the baby's toe and they yeah. don't have a way of saying, ow, my toe hurts, so it actually can mm-hmm. cut off circulation to their toe. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I told Liz that, because obviously I caused her stress, she still remembers it, but sometimes I do educate, sometimes in my classes I do t- share about it, just like, because, per- yeah, like they have the same response, like, what? I didn't even think no, of that. people don't tell you about the hair. Death. Right, no, so anyway, anyway, just an example of one of the many things you worry can worry about, but can happen. I know someone who had happened to
1: their baby. And it I happened know- to you
0: and- Oh, and it happened all to the him.
1: things that—well, all
0: the like little oh, oh, yeah, scary
1: right. things that can happen to a baby happened to my second one. So then Ewan, like it got so tight that it gave him a really deep cut on his toe. Oh, I forgot. And about I had that. to use scissors to cut—not like little fingernail scissors. You <laughs> off his toe. Okay. So, so now that was the hardest thing with Asher. Everyone's
0: taking their baby socks out. Don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> just keep an eye on it. They'll be fine. Yes. Um. So that was the hardest thing with Asher. is just everything felt so big, and I just didn't know how long this craziness would go on mm-hmm. for. With Ewan, that got a lot easier because it's like, okay, I know by like four months, you kind of start to find your groove. Mm-hmm. Like the first couple months are intense, but then, you know, it's fine. Uh, with you Ewan, what was hard was uh, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a baby in a pandemic, <laughs> um, being quarantined with a very chatty, busy two and a half year old and a baby, um, and then just the... I think moms that are having babies now that I've met are so much more relaxed because now we're back out into the world and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, if they get a cold, it's fine. Yes. Whereas I got really nutty about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, just like just so much fear because we just didn't know anything about COVID. Right. I mean, there's still so much we don't know about COVID, but I think people know a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, and so... You know like if our nieces wanted to come it was like well have they been sick you know your girls didn't even get to come when you came right yeah um mm-hmm. but i remember our other nieces like i was really freaked out about them coming just again because you didn't know right yeah right so i'd say having two um is hard and then and wonderful at the same time yes but, yeah and oh, then absolutely. The, the sickness stuff was scary with you and yeah right absolutely that- yeah, because there was so much that we didn't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then stuff with COVID. I mean, not stuff with COVID, stuff with him and the NICU was hard.
0: Yes, right.
1: And during COVID. Because there and were other restrictions. restrictions.
0: Right, right. So many complications. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But again, that's just the kind of the stuff that like nobody talks about. It's like, no. yeah, the things that can make things more challenging. Mm-hmm. And then like figuring out child care for your other one while you're yeah. helping the
1: one in the NICU. That right. kind of stuff. Right. So, Yeah, when there was no one to help. When there was no one to help. Yeah. Yeah. How about a
0: happy moment, Liz? What's something that you would like to relive?
1: Oh. Hmm. I remember that I did not sleep the night that I had Asher because Mm -hmm. I was so adrenaline high. Yes. And just so in love with him. This was part of it too, is that I felt so good that first day. I didn't sleep that first night, which was not good, but how can you possibly sleep? Yes, driving a baby right away. And he was born at 1134 mm-hmm. PM. Um, so yeah, I didn't fall asleep that night. And I just remember holding him and staring at him and I just like couldn't even believe it. So that was really nice.
0: Yeah,
1: um, those moments are so special. Yes. And I'd say with Ewan, I mean, there's a lot with the second that you just don't get to appreciate as much as your first because there's another one demanding your attention and it's not that, like, quiet. I just get to stare at you all the time. So I wish that I could relive those, like, early days with Ewan and maybe have Asher be at school Mm -hmm. so I could get a little more time with Ewan by himself. Yes, I know. I I work with moms who they're they
0: have, you know, two or three-year-old and they are still them into daycare mm-hmm. partly because they have to because to keep your spot, you have to keep yeah. paying. But it's also, I'm like, that is so nice because then they still get, they get all that time during the day or whatever their schedule is. They can just still be bonding with the new baby, but older siblings still in their routine and getting their attention at school. I didn't
1: have that. I didn't have that either. Yeah, no, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And I think to that like very first moment when the babies are put on your chest Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't mind reliving that with both of them Mm because that was like the relief of the labor being over Mm -hmm. and that they're here Mm and yeah
0: yes the precious first snuggles those are those are the best all right let's talk practical Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about products so what is Something that you did you want to do bought but didn't end up using or did you want to do I can do both didn't okay So
1: let's start with something you bought that you didn't end up using okay again with that first mom kind of anxiety Ah uh, I got a little crazy about organic Oh when yes. I was pregnant with Asher Um yes. like I remember having a piece of gum and like calling you about it because I was A yes. little stressed out about having yes. a piece of gum when I was pregnant. Yes, and um. You reminded me how many babies are born whose families don't have money for organic food oh, and eat. I know eat all kinds of stuff, and the baby turns out just fine. Mhm. Um, babies are really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't what I was gonna say, but I got on this organic kick with like organic diapers because like I don't want it. the dyes from the diapers and mm-hmm. cloth diapers too. I bought. Um, so when he was first born, I did use the organic diapers, mm-hmm. but they're expensive, and we don't have a ton of money. So eventually, I don't remember how old he was, but eventually we went back down to Target brand diapers, and that's what we've been using ever since. Yeah. Um, so I didn't keep using the organic diapers, and then the cloth diapers, we had a good run, mm-hmm. but then I was working full time um i don't feel good about using diapers and i don't feel good about landfill right being full of nasty diapers that will probably exist until eternity so i felt better about the cloth diapers but then i would have worked a full day again 40 minutes away so traveling an hour and a half pumping all day working all day coming home and then it's like making dinner making dinner yes <laughs> and then get the baby down and then getting the baby's bag packed with like breast milk and Everything, um, and then you realize that you don't have any of the inserts that are clean. Mm-hmm. So then you have to do laundry. Um, so I didn't end up sticking to the cloth diapers. To those moms that do use cloth diapers, you're amazing. Yes, I don't know how you do it, but more power to you. I didn't. More even power try. to you. <laughs> and if anybody needs cloth diapers, I have a lovely oh, set okay. of diaper diapers if anyone would like them there you go <laughs> maybe we should use them at a, as a giveaway yes I you should use you.
0: them they're clean <laughs> they were not used that much what well, gently use Our um. connection we're back if you didn't hear the latest, we're gonna do a gently we've used we've got a giveaway <laughs> gently used diaper get uh, cloth diaper giveaway. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing.
1: And there's <laughs> such cute colors. I'm Having
0: connectivity issues, which I was least worried about with this interview because Liz is right here in the room with me, and it's not two people's Wi-Fi connection. So who knows? But... Well, it might be that the guys
1: are downstairs watching. Oh, the Bruins the are Bruins. on.
0: That's the problem. Game one of the playoffs. It's a big night. That's the problem. We're competing with the Bruins for our Wi-Fi. Okay. All right. Let's talk products that you
1: didn't have and ended up buying. So this was a hard one for me to think about, but then I figured out. So I did not buy formula. I did not buy binkies, pacifiers. Um, and I did not, Really, I don't think I bought any postpartum products for myself with Asher. Where was your sister? She was not yet Jenny June. Well, no, (laughs) you weren't Jenny June yet. Um, (laughs) No, you had me make padsicles, but then (laughs) you're actually not supposed to make padsicles. Yeah, which you're not supposed to do anymore. Because you can do do nerve damage, so don't make padsicles. That was bad advice. (laughs) That (laughs) That That's outdated (laughs) advice. That was before all the moms were making padsicles and then ruining their nerve endings um first 24 hours it's okay if you're listening first 24 hours ice is okay the well, no. to heat. well then just get the freedom on get the freedom on stuff right well, so pacifiers. again stuff that i didn't buy because it didn't exist was the freedom mom stuff the frida mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the nose frida the existed yeah the foam and the pads but anyway what i wanted to say is that i didn't buy formula or pacifiers or any postpartum products and i Um, never made enough milk for my giant boys Um, and so we had to supplement with formula which I was very uh, I don't know if I felt ashamed. I guess I felt worried again with the organic like is Target brand formula okay and both of my boys are very smart Mm -hmm. Um, strong healthy healthy parents have to make the right choice for themselves Um, the Target brand the formula did just fine for Asher. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ewan could do it because he's spit up more, but um, anyway, that's what I bought. And then another thing that I didn't know about, which again, hello, Jenny June, where were you? <laughs> was apno. My nipples were on fire. Apno? Apno, all-purpose. Oh, apno. Oh, oh, yes, I know about that. It's a prescription. It's a prescription that they can make you. Mm-hmm. It's this combination of ointments. That you exactly. knew about after I had Asher and you didn't tell me about it. Whoopsies. <laughs> this is what so happened. So now I'm to here to make sure you all know Sisters on the podcast about Actnow <laughs> all-purpose nipple ointment. It's a
0: antibacterial anti or steroid anti-yeast combination that you
1: get compounded. And it is a miracle worker. It is, yeah. Moms call it like magic unicorn cream. Yes. And I think again I had bought like the mom's Earth Mama's yeah. nipple ointment. That's I think I bought popular one, but it's not. This it is like way. Do, that's yeah. This is like a whole other level because it's got yeah. all the. But the uh, lactation consultant said that my boys were Dysons, so um vacuums. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like their. Oh oh suction. Yeah, the suction <laughs> was like. <laughs> I didn't understand what, what the analogy yeah, was. Imagine a Dyson. Ah! Breastfeeding. Okay. So the Mama's Earth Mama's Organic did not do anything for me, no. but the all-purpose nipple ointment did. So those are my products. Yes. That I didn't buy. That I did end up buying quite a bit of. hmm Um. And don't necessarily Just I'll just say don't necessarily just
0: use the all-purpose nipple ointment unless you start having like right pain or breakdown or bleeding. Right. Like it's not like you use it as a preventative thing. If preventative, right. you use something like Liz said, the Earth right. Mama but if you end up having damage or a lot of pain, then definitely, absolutely call your OB or midwife and get the prescription, because it is, moms will say it's magical. It's magical.
1: But yeah, if you don't need it, then don't use yeah, it. Yeah, no, but just know that it's there. It exists. Sure. It exists. Yeah. Okay. That's something too, advocate for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I am a people pleaser mm-hmm. and I try to not cause a scene. But I think something that I learned with number two was you need to advocate for yourself. So, advocate for anti-anxiety medication. Advocate for like if your nipples are hurting and something doesn't feel right with breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. there are things that you can do Mm -hmm. to help.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to keep keep asking, or you know maybe go to a different healthcare provider if you're not being heard. So absolutely. Oh, and the other thing too
1: is you don't have to be on the heart monitor. The whole time when you're in labor during labor that was something too is one of the nurses kept telling me to stay on the bed because i had to be on the heart monitor and with number two and i just like wanted to get up and move right because i'm having a crazy labor with number one um and there is a certain amount of time that you do need to have the baby being checked out by Mm -hmm. the heart monitor but you don't have to be on it the whole time if Mm -hmm. you want to get up and move yeah so advocate for yourself
0: yes absolutely and bring that into postpartum with Mm -hmm. you for sure that's good well, I want to be. Res- I always tell my people I want to be respectful of your time. Although really, we're gonna sign off and we're gonna keep, keep doing so this. Now we're gonna have a deeper, close <laughs> part of conversation. But I do want to be respectful of your time, that you don't have to be pressure on live Instagram. Um, but do you have any kind of something you want to make sure? This is a pregnant mom, first time pregnant mom listening. What do you want to make sure she knows? You've shared
1: so many great things. <laughs> Uh, how much time have I got? Yes. Uh, no, I would say that you are. Well, this is something that my husband's granny said, which mm-hmm. is that we are so much stronger than we think mm-hmm. or than we know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember being very afraid of labor and postpartum and like, would I have enough love in me for my children? And your body is capable of so much more than you think. Um, and motherhood just makes you a super woman. Um, so that's one thing is know how strong you are and advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one more thing I was going to say, but I forget what it was, but that's okay. Well,
0: I'll tell you something Liz did for me and then maybe she'll think of it, um, One thing that was super helpful when I had um, my first is I was not sleeping because of my anxiety, which is a story for another time, but Liz is the person who made me realize um, how important your environment is in postpartum, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't sleeping at nighttime, we've talked about this before, but... um, nighttime often the sun goes down and hormones kind of shift and so for some moms that can be feelings of like dread or sadness mm-hmm. for me it was definitely like this feeling of homesickness but then i would get so stressed about the night because each night had been so challenging because i wasn't sleeping and i was trying to just like watch the baby constantly because i just wanted to make sure she was okay so when liz came um, at one week postpartum she realized I wasn't sleeping and was like, we need to get you sleeping. And so each evening, instead of me starting to have like this build up of stress and pressure, Liz brought me in our little den, our little room. She would put candles on. She put this a- um, ambient, what's the music?
1: Ambient, music. ambient yeah. like just kind of relaxing. Yeah. Like spa music. Ambient
0: spa music on. Um, she lowered the lights. And then we would just like talk and she she went further and like she slept we slept in that room together for (laughs) those nights that she was there so then like she'd get up with me and she i would feed charlotte and then she would burp her and put her back to sleep so she went above just the you know environmental things but that environmental stuff just um calming the environment just stands out to me so much because it was this it doesn't seem like if you're thinking about it now in pregnancy it's like okay yeah whatever kind of even when you think about labor it's like oh yeah sure flameless candles i don't know if that's going to make a big difference but it does like all that your environment and stimulus what's around you makes such a big difference so that is something that was so huge to me um because i wasn't letting myself wind down and those things around you um affect that so just think about we talked, um, was that last week with Carrie about like things you could do to get yourself ready for like winding down for a nap. She, Mm -hmm. she talked about putting on her fan and having her blanket. Like Liz helped me learn that with bedtime. I also, not just the baby, I needed some things to help me calm down and set that tone for the evening and not have it be this stressful time of anticipation, but calming, um,
1: a calming environment. So I just, want to thank you (laughs) for that. That reminded me of two things. One thing, the thing that I was going to say, the other thing was pack nice things for the hospital. So I went like a little overboard with Ewan and I got like, I brought our flameless candles, Mm -hmm. we brought our speaker, we had our diffuser, Mm -hmm. um, we had quite a bit of stuff packed. um, but I will say you can't have diffusers at our local hospitals. Were you allowed to? Yeah. Okay. We can't. really. Don't bring in your fuser. If you're in Maine, bring your oils. Yes. Really? Yep. We'll talk about it. Okay. Anyway, we don't have time for that. No. Okay. So don't do that. But um, bring nice things. Bring your pillow to the hospital. Things that are going to make you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um, and nice. Mm -hmm. And the nurses loved it. They loved coming into my room. Yeah. Because it was like a spa. Right um you so that's them? that but then the thing that i was gonna say earlier that i forgot about was that everybody has an opinion about your pregnancy about things you have to have for your yes. baby when yes. the baby's born mm-hmm. how to raise your children vaccinate your children circumcise your children don't circumcise your children all of the things yeah. breastfeed formula don't do formula don't you know every single thing,
0: Mostly. Don't how you have your baby, mm-hmm. the
1: delivery, the birth plan, mm-hmm. medication, no medication, yeah, yeah, yeah. And do what feels best to you. Um, that's the thing. A lot of people shared a lot of information and we had to figure it out for ourselves and you should too, and you should feel empowered to do that and take what feels good. And I'd say have a circle of people who you trust, um, and whose opinions you trust. And who have kind of similar experiences of motherhood as you. Hmm. And that's going to be your support team. Mm-hmm. And you were definitely number one on ah, my list. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. That's
0: what sisters are for. Yes, it's true. Yes. Well, what good advice. I loved, I mean, of course, I've heard a lot of this because I'm your sister. But um, it's fun to talk a little bit more intentionally about it. And yeah. Um, I love your advice that you have. You, you're. A wise person, and I'm glad that I could share your knowledge with my community. So thank you for taking time out of your vacation. You're welcome. My to pleasure. I'm here. Thank you so, for having me. Well, anytime, Elizabeth. Well, thanks so much for listening into this conversation that my sister and I had when she was here visiting. She is back in Maine now, and I am missing her, but it was fun listening again to this conversation that we had and just reflecting on all the great advice that she gave. So I hope that you have pulled away some wisdom from this week's episode that you will be bringing into your own postpartum experience. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you like to help more moms be prepared for the fourth trimester? Then if you could leave me a review, that helps to get more eyes on this podcast and I would truly appreciate it. And if you're interested in being interviewed and sharing your own postpartum story on this podcast, go ahead and send me a direct message on Instagram, or you can email me at HelloJennyJune at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and I'll see you next week.